You are listening to the New Day of Hope broadcast with Helena and Glennis Langley. Enjoy. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We are really happy that you have joined us yet another time, yet another day. You know what the Bible says? It says, it's because of the Lord's mercies why we are not consumed. Great is God's faithfulness. You know, my friends, we take pleasure in proclaiming the message of the cross. We take pleasure in proclaiming the message of hope, the message that will restore strength and life to all of us. So this would be a very good time for you to call a neighbor or call a friend and let them know that the New Day of Hope broadcast is on the air and that they too should join us. Well, we have a great study in store for you tonight. And uh, tonight we are going to be talking about fixing our hearts on God. Fixing our hearts on God. And uh, I'd like to go to the book of Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 26. Uh, let me read this verse for you as Proverbs as in the Old Testament. If you know where Job is, you have Job, Psalms, then Proverbs. Chapter 23, verse 26. My son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. That's the word of the Lord to the people of God. You see, my friends, the heart in Scripture signifies the seat of the affections, also of wisdom and understanding. It is the, the, the center of a man's being. Because by nature, the human heart is evil. Oh, we know that. I mean, you, you see that in your everyday life. As you, as you go to the market, as you go to the store, wherever you are, you see how, how wicked and how deceitful the human heart really is. Then in Genesis 6, 5, it says, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Uh, sometimes you have to even, even know your friends very well, because a man, sometimes a man's friends can be his, really his worst enemy. In, in Genesis chapter, chapter 8 and verse 21, that's Genesis, uh, that's the very first book in the Bible, chapter 8, Verse 21, it says, And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. Although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. So we are going to continue. In Jeremiah 17 and verse 9, it says that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? It is God who knows the, the thoughts, and it is God who, who knows the intents of our hearts. He knows, he knows everything that we are pondering on in our hearts, whether it be good or whether it be evil. So Jeremiah knew that. He said that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The word of our key verse, as in that's what we read earlier, are spoken by Solomon, who is speaking in the name of wisdom. And wisdom is just another name for the Lord Jesus Christ himself. 
according to 1 Corinthians 1.30, But of him you are in Christ, who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. Oh, I love that because I just told you that wisdom is another name for the Lord Jesus Christ. And we, and we prove it to you in the scripture. That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and the 30th verse. It is the Lord himself, therefore, who says to you and to me, my son, or my daughter, to give me your heart. And God is referring to us as his children, because we are his children. If you are if you have trusted in Christ, the Bible says, but as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. And so if you have received Christ as your Lord and your Savior, then he refers to us as his sons and his daughters. And he's asking us uh, to give me your heart. Give me your heart. So we are going to look at a few things this morning as we continue right here today. Amen. Let us read again Proverbs 23 verse 26. It says, My son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. So the first fruit we notice in this verse is that there is a relationship. The Lord says, My son, as their creator, he is addressing men and women everywhere. For in this sense, he is the father of all men. So in Acts 17 verse 28, it says, For in him we live and move and have our being, as also some of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. But there is a deeper and more intimate sense in which we need to become the children of God. The way is indicated in Galatians 3 26, for you are all sons of God, through faith in Christ Jesus. So you can only be a son or a child of God when you have accepted him as your Lord and Savior. Amen. So we see that there is a, a relationship. There is a relationship. My son or my daughter. That means there is a, a father and son a, a relationship. So with Jesus, we are the children of God and we are brothers in the Lord. So then number two, there is a request. And let's, let's look at that carefully. There is a request. In the text that we just read earlier, it says, My son, give me your heart. So now the request here is to give me. The, the petitioner is God. He's asking me and he's asking you to give him our heart, which really means ourself, our whole beings, our time, our talent, our everything. Because you see, my friends, Everything that I have belongs to the Lord. Yes, because the Bible says that the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof the world and they that dwell therein. So everything in reality belongs to God. And so God is still asking me to give him, give me your heart. The fact that God seeks us out and then ask for our hearts, ask for our love, that proves his great love for us. That proves how much God really loves us. And we know that because the Bible tells us that. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We know that. Amen. Amen. And there's also a requirement. The verse also says, give me your heart. See, no gift is acceptable to God until we have given him our hearts. He said, we believe with our heart. 
So even if we pray or give our money, he will not accept these unless we have first given ourselves to him. So you have to give yourself away to the Lord. There's a song which says, I give myself away so you can use me. So in Proverbs 15 verse 8 says, The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. He delight when his children pray unto him. In Proverbs 28 verse 9 it says, One who turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. Wow. Do you realize that? When you turn away your ear from hearing his word, your prayer is an abomination. Because God wants our heart. He wants us. You may say, well, why is this? In Ezekiel 36, 26 to 28, we find four reasons why he does want our heart. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues and you will keep my ordinances and do them. You will live in the land that I give to your fathers and you will be my people and you will be your God. So let's look at the four reasons why God wants our hearts. All right, great. So now we were just talking about uh, there is a relationship and then we said that there is a, a request and then we talked about there is a requirement in God. You know, uh, uh, people, we, we, we always want stuff from God, but, but we never want to follow God's requirements, you know, and that's not a very good thing. So there are a couple of things that we want to mention this morning. The first, he wants our hearts in order to exchange them. He wants our hearts in order to exchange them. Glory to his name. So we see in the book of Ezekiel, that's the verse that my wife just read a minute ago. He says, I will give you a new heart. I will remove from you your heart of stone. This is the message of the gospel. And if we ask why we need a new heart, the answer is verse 25. It tells us that our heart is unclean. And verse 26 tells us that it is a, it is, our heart is hard and therefore and it is cold. In exchange, God offers us a heart that is clean. In exchange, God offers us a heart that is true, a heart that is tender, a heart that is warm. Because as a child of God, as somebody who professes faith in God, my friends, we've got to have clean hearts. When David sinned in Psalms 51, he has God create in me. A clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. So, as a child of God, we, we need to have clean hearts. And the only person who can give us clean hearts is God. We need to have true hearts, tender and warm hearts. Notice he does not offer to patch up our old hearts. <laughs> he does not offer to put a patch on our old hearts to cover that stain that's there. No, but he wants to just take it out completely and give us something that is new. He said, I'll make all things new unto you. That's the God we are serving. He'll make all things new unto you. He, he said in his word that he will give us houses that we did not even build. And he will furnish them with all good, good things for us. 
That's the kind of God we are talking about. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, he says, If you have not done so, will you give him your old heart and let him give you his new one? If that was not the case with me, I would have jumped to this offer even now and give him my heart so he can give me a brand new one. Glory to his name. Amen. He wants our hearts in order to empower them. In Ezekiel 26, 36, 27, like I just read, 27 verse says, I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. So God has given us a new piece of machinery, but he also gives us the power to drive the machinery. We can't be moved to follow his decree on our own because his word says, without me, you can do nothing. But God will enable us to do this by the indwelling person and the presence of his Holy Spirit. This is what the Christian life is all about. We cannot live it, but God says he will come and dwell within us so that we can walk in ways that please him. So we have him walking alongside us and showing us the way in which we ought to go. Let me give you a scenario. Here's an old-fashioned water mill that has been used for grinding the corn into flour. The miller is very old and his sons now run the business. So one day they came to him and said, Father, we have arranged to have the old water-driven grinders taken away and we are going to replace them with electrically driven grinders. They're doing upgrade. So a month or so later, the old man took a look around the mill house. Everything is new. In place of the antiquated machinery is new and modern machinery. Underneath him, he can still hear the water rushing along in a torrent. The water has driven the mill for 300 years. Then the old father begins to look to see how the water could possibly drive this new machinery. And he's very puzzled until his son's comes in and says, Father, it's all different now. And then he touches a switch. There is a hum. And gradually, those great grinders begin to work, driven by a new power, a mighty current of power that comes along over an overhead cable. So that is why God wants our heart, so he can empower it. Take out the old and put in the new. So the things you couldn't do before, now you can do it. Why? Because he have given you a heart and he have given you a heart of love. And because of that, you are able to do the impossible. Amen and amen. So we started on by talking about God wants our hearts in order to exchange them. And my wife was just talking about he wants our hearts in order to empower them. That's great. And, you know, because the, the Bible tells us that we've, we've got the power. We've got the power. Uh, Jesus told us he would give us power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon us. It's left to us to activate that power that is in us. He wants our hearts in order to establish them. He wants our hearts in order to establish them. In the text that we read earlier, that's Ezekiel uh, 36. And verse 28, God says, watch this, you will live in the land. The primary reference in these words is to Israel's restoration. For years, the Jews have been scattered uh, over the earth. But the Bible promises that 
in the end, they will all go back to their own land to live there. Uh, all that is a parable for us. Our hearts have been wanderers over the earth, and there have been nowhere to rest. But God says, watch this, give me your heart, and I will cause it to live in the land. I will establish it. The, the trouble with our hearts is that they wander. They cannot rest. But David knew the blessing of a steadfast heart. In Psalms 57 and verse 7, watch this now. My heart is steadfast. Oh God, my heart is steadfast and confident. I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises to you. Boy, that is, that is great. That is powerful. That's what the psalmist is saying. He said, my heart is steadfast. Oh God, my heart is uh, steadfast and confident. And he said that I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises to you. We got to sing praises unto our God. Be, we, we've got to be excited because of what God is doing for us even right now. In Psalms 112 and verse 7, he says, He will not fear bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting confidently, relying on and believing in the Lord. When your, when your heart is steadfast, you will, there will be no need to fear what tomorrow is going to bring. Because you know you are trusting confidently, you are relying and you are believing not in situations, not in circumstances, but you are trusting, you are believing, you are relying on the authority of the word of the Almighty God. Glory to his name. So, something we need in these days of crisis, calamity and fear. But there is another reason why we need to have our hearts established. It is mentioned in the book of Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 9. Do not be carried away by diverse and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be established and strengthened by the grace and not by foods, rules of diets and uh, ritualistic meals, which brings no benefit or spiritual growth to those who observe them. Notice that. This verse follows uh, verse 8. Jesus Christ is eternally changeless. Always the same yesterday, today, and forever. You always hear me saying that while everything and everyone is changing, Jesus remains the same. All may change, but Jesus never. Glory to his name. So the reason we have a steadfast heart is because we are united with one who never changes, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. He never changes and he never will. So let's do a recap. We said that he wants our hearts in order to exchange them. He wants our heart in order to empower them. He wants our hearts in order to establish them. And now he wants our hearts in order to enrich them. So let's look at the word enrich. It means to supply with abundance of anything desirable, to enrich the mind with knowledge, to add greater value or significance to. So he wants to enrich our hearts. In Ezekiel 36, 28 says, You will be my people 
and I will be your God. This is too wonderful to be true because if I am his and he's mine, how rich I am. You see, you may say, well, if I'm rich, how come I don't have the money to show for it? But you're rich in Christ. When you have Christ, you have everything. You just have to ask him. He said he will give you the desires of your heart. Look at Ezekiel 36, 29 through 30. It says, I will cleanse you of your filthy behavior. I will give you good crops of grain and I will send no more famines on the land. I will give you great harvest and your fruit trees and fields and never again will the surrounding nations be able to scoff at your land for its famines. And note that God promises to provide the corn, the fruit of the tree and the increase of the field. So everything that you need, he will give it to you. In other words, Philippians 4.19, we all say this verse all the time. And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So he will never allow his children to be in want. You know, my husband always saying this verse where David says, I was young, now I'm old, never have I seen the righteous forsaken or his seed go begging for bread. Why? Because he will enrich us. So if you have not done so, if you have not, give him your heart. Will you give him your heart today that he may enrich it? It may be that you have very little else to give to the Lord. Giving him your heart, that's the big thing. But you can give him your heart. If you do this, he will exchange it. He will empower it. He will establish it and he will enrich it. And you will be the happiest person on the top side of this earth. Amen and amen. So my friends, we were talking about fixing our hearts on God. Not on the things of this world, but on God. You know, we never bring our broadcast to a close without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. The Bible says today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. Would you trust him today? Father, we thank you and we praise you. We exalt your holy name. Thank you for your words. We pray that you will show us the way, how we can fix our hearts only on you. You are our all in all, our protector, our provider, our shield and our buckler and our strength. You are great and you are awesome. Have your way, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And if you are blessed by today's study, we encourage you to reach out to us at newdeafopatlanta at gmail.com. Once again, that's newdeafopatlanta at gmail.com. Or you can call us at 404-964-2242. That's also a WhatsApp number. So until then... Let your heart go on singing. Until then... Oh, my friends, with joy you must carry on. Bye now. God bless you. <laughs>